I'm back, baby. Oh, my double crap. Do you know who I am? No, but maybe if you hum a few bars. Yes, sir, random kid I just met. You know, this man's forgotten more about pain than you'll ever remember. About pain. About forgetting about. It's Jake C. Lee. I am the low rating that cancels your program. I thought you were made of sterner stuff. Don't be jealous because I'm attractive. You know what? You just made the list. <laughs> oh, wait, you're serious. Let me laugh even harder. It's time to check the link. I like that. I didn't do anything wrong because I can't do anything wrong. Hooray! People are paying attention to me. It's all in sports. Welcome to episode 9 of All In Sports. It is Jake Seely as always. You're probably following me, but just in case you're not, at All In Kid. Great show today. Two guests today. New segment today. A lot going on, but also today is the last day. Day, day, day. A lot of that in there. The last day to join. Well, actually, you have till the 30th, but it's the last podcast to, that you can actually respond to and go to iTunes and anywhere else, the Googles, the Stitchers, the iHearts, and all that stuff. Go give this five-star review, take a screenshot, tweet it to me. I think I responded to everybody who has already done so, usually like a thumbs up, a pound emoji, and all that type of stuff. If I didn't respond to you, resend it, because I responded to everybody. That's how I track to get all the entries, and there's a lot of entries. I've already got like 70-something entries, so... There's more in this contest than we have for the Adam Thielen jersey. It is a Le'Veon Bell sign jersey from Pristine Auction. Even though he's not on the team right now, it's still there. It's still the, it's the black Steelers jersey. So go enter the contest. Take the screenshot. Let me know you're in. And let, let's dive into it. Like I said, it's two guests today. It's going to be a big day. It's time for James Coe. As always, follow him at James D. Coe. He is part of The Athletic. He is part of the Fantasy Zone on Sunday, which you guys should definitely check out. And he loves his, uh, I'd say, advanced statistical information. But I know it's more fun to say what the NFL came up with it. So why don't you go again, because people might not have heard until this time, James, tell everybody what they can find on The Athletic the advanced stats that you're using, the fun name for them and everything you got going on there. <laughs> yeah, um, it's called Next Gen Stats, and uh, you can go check it out, nextgenstats.nfl.com. Um, you can find me on Twitter, obviously. I'll, I'll drop every, you know, now and again, um, you know, my findings on Next Gen Stats, and, uh, and that's what I write about for The Athletic, and uh, that's what I talk about um, on Fantasy Zone on DirecTV Channel 704 every Sunday as well. Yeah, and if you're close to us in age, then you know Bo knows, and you know that Co knows, and that's what he's talking <laughs> about right, over yeah. on the athletic. Uh, he he knows more than Bo knows at this point because I don't know what the heck Bo's doing. Nobody knows at the, this point. But let's dive into something that I feel like you and I are destined to talk about every week now. <laughs> but it's the Patriots backfield, James. The uh, mm. Patriots backfield. But to your point, when we first said this, is that an injury could just take care of the situation for this? Well. Uh, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, Rex Burkett is on IR now, and it looks like it's going to be Sonny Michelle's backfield, although knowing Bill Belichick, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, we do know that the Patriots invested you know, high draft capital in, in acquiring Sonny Michelle, so uh, you would expect at least from, from that standpoint that they'll probably go with him moving forward. Um, but, again, I mean, this is the same backfield where, you know, it's the same coaching staff that brought up Jonas Gray off the practice squad and, he rumbled off 200 yards rushing. So, I mean. And then sent him to the curb two weeks later. I know. That's what's so crazy. And he was out of the NFL within, you know, six months. It's just nuts. But, 
but yeah, no, I mean, it looks like it, it, it should be a pretty clear backfield moving forward, right? James White as a pass catcher and, um, you know. Sonny Michelle for everything else. But yeah. so here's my question. Sonny Michelle has been looking like he's running through mud through the first couple games. So do you have hope that it's just the knee and he's getting back into things? Or do you have any type of concern that Michelle might just be plotting this entire year? Um, you know, I, yeah, I mean, it's hard to have seen him, you know, play the last couple of games and say, oh, he'll, he'll be fine. Uh, because clearly he has does not look fine. Um, and, and, you know, it might be the knee. Who knows? Maybe it's just a guy that doesn't translate into the NFL. Who knows? Uh, as of this, yeah, you know what I'm saying? As of right now. I mean, what happened to the explosiveness, the wiggle? I mean, I don't know. It just it doesn't seem like it's there. So uh, maybe it's a guy who's thinking too much, too. Who knows? You know, that, well, that I'm glad you it. said that. And, I, you know, maybe this is something to ask our coworker Emery. But so Emery, back when I did a draft profile with him, brought up something that not a lot of people were talking about at the time. Now everybody seems to be saying the same thing since he injured his knee. And when he came out, he said part of the reason he has the knee injuries since college is because he plants too – he runs too heavy and he plants too hard. And that was going to lead to significant problems that we've already seen and complicate it going further is what he said. And he called it to a T. I wonder to what you said is maybe thinking too much. I wonder if – he knows that, and he's trying to take it easy, but because of that, has kind of taken some of his explosiveness. Now, I'm all just speculating. This is probably, like I said, better to ask Emery. So let's get into a list that I know you can answer, and I got a little list of names here of do you start these guys this week? And the first one off the top of the list, if you guys are listening to this podcast on Friday, eh, we'll have the answer by that point. But heading into tonight's game, Thursday night football, Dalvin Cook Sounds like he's going to play. If he does, do you even play him, though? Because we have the Latavius Murray is a fine, capable backup where you don't need to force the issue. Uh, maybe they're behind. Maybe they're up by a ton by the second half. Do you play him? And if so, like, what's your cutoff point? Yeah, I mean, I, I, if you have him, it's hard to not play him, right? I mean, I know that, right. the, um, I know that the, you know, the front um, three, I guess you want to say, uh, for the Rams, is, is quite intimidating, right? With Ndamukong Sue and Aaron Jones, or Aaron Jones, Aaron Donald, <laughs> uh, you know, and Brockers there. But it's just, look, if you got him, uh, who are you sitting him for? You know what I mean? Uh, maybe Aaron Jones, you, since you brought him up. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. You know, if you're in a if you're in a ten team league, you know, okay, you probably have other options in twelve or fourteen or greater. It, man, those options get pretty limited, right? So yeah, Aaron Jones is certainly someone that you can think of. Um, but even if you're talking Dalvin Cook or Aaron Jones, I guess I'll still take Dalvin Cook, man. Especially so, so would I. Would you go Dalvin Cook or Royce Freeman? Yeah, it's still going to be Dalvin Cook. I mean, Royce Freeman has seen what something like two targets total in four games. It's not, or in three games rather. It's not really that enticing, especially in PPR. And Philip Lindsay is again still probably going to lead the backfield. You know, no, it's not yeah. Philip Lindsay anymore. I, I've renamed him. He's he's Punchy McGee. Punchy. <laughs> Right. I don't know. It's like Philip McGregor or something. I don't know. What's going oh, there on. you go. That's another good one. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I think that's the biggest concern to this matchup is so tasty, but is the team going to punish him at all? I mean, that, that's going to be interesting to see. All right. So we have two receivers that are practicing already on Wednesday, which is always promising that you're actually already out there. So let's start with the first one. Doug Baldwin. Do you risk him? Because for everybody that has maybe already forgot, 
Doug Baldwin at the beginning of the season was saying he wasn't going to be 100% this entire year, and now right. he's trying to come back seemingly a week or even two weeks earlier than we thought. Yeah, I'm not playing him. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just – look, Tyler Lockett has done enough to, to – you know, I don't think he needs to – I don't think he needs to go out there uh, and play a full complement of snaps. So if he's out there for, let's say, I don't know, 20 snaps, you know, it's just – I, I can't trust the volume, and, and again, he's not uh, he's not fully healthy. I don't trust the volume. All those things. Yeah, I, there are other options at wide receiver. I think uh, that I would much rather play. So yeah, I'm not playing Baldwin. All right. Well, let, let's have a little fun with this one. Doug Baldwin or Josh Gordon? I mean, if Josh Gordon plays, I'd play Josh Gordon. I guess you know. Look, they <laughs> desperately need him, right? Um, we saw that Sunday. Uh, when Tom Brady just looked, I mean, he just looked confounded. He looked frustrated. These guys recovered, man. And, yeah. and let's be honest here. These are not the best receivers. And I know he's worked with not the best receivers in his life. But that being said, that was also a much younger Tom, Tom Brady as well. Um, we're right. talking about, you know, whatever, 40-some-odd-year Tom Brady or whatever. How, I don't know how old he is. I feel like his, his age keeps getting completed every year. But, I, I think uh, he's officially 40. I'm double checking now. <laughs> I think he's 42, but it just seems like he's 41. Every week we're like, yeah, he's 45. Oh, he's 47 this week. You know, he's just so old, but he's so good. I mean, it's just like, all right, I don't know. That makes anyway, me feel old that he's 41. No, I know it's it's craziness, but yeah. So I mean, look, he was obviously frustrated. Chris Hogan again. I, I didn't understand the hype coming into, into this year with Chris Hogan, and, and obviously it's been, you know it's proven itself to be true. He's an okay fill-in guy. Philip Dorsett, I think, early on was, was pretty good, but he was being locked up uh, in that Detroit matchup, right? His only reliable receiver is Gronk, and Gronk is literally getting punt team treatment at the line of yeah. scrimmage. So it's just – it's really difficult. They need him. And, and I tell you what, if he goes out there, and even if they're like, man, just run a freaking nine route every mm-hmm. single damn time, um, I, I would still hope for one connection. Uh, versus, you know, Doug Baldwin, who, who the hell knows what's going to happen. I, I really think they need Julian Edelman. I think that's the bigger issue. I think once yeah. he comes back, I, I, I are now to be fair, said sell Chris Hogan last week when this whole Josh Gordon thing happened and said, if you can get wide receiver two slash three value and get away from the risk, go ahead and do so. At the same time, I think better days are here for Hogan once Edelman is on the field. And I think that's going to help because if you saw last year with Brandon Cooks, and Danny Amendola, and I now Julian Edelman is definitively better than Danny Amendola, but having that, like, I don't like buying into that narrative that people try to put out there because it's not true. You know this. You've watched enough football. It's not as simple as, well, there's another weapon, so it means weaker coverage. But mm. in this situation, given Hogan's skill set and given this offense and its need for that Edelman position, I think it will help Hogan, as in if somebody's dropped him, I'm going to go pick him up. Yeah, I think all of that is true. Um, you know, first of all, he soaks up. I mean, look, they operate in similar areas of the field. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when Edelman comes back, the overall health of the offense will be a lot better. They'll be able to move chains, move first downs, and, you know, get into scoring position a lot easier. And quite, quite honestly, I think it'll help Gronk a lot. You know, yes. you, you just won't be able to double-team him because if you do, then you're leaving Julian Edelman, you know, wide open. <clears throat> and, and that's where Tom Brady starts hurting him. You know what I mean? So um so yeah man when when Edelman comes back it'll open up the the short and immediate game a lot more and then you know in turn that'll open up the long game as well who are you more excited for Julian Edelman or Mark Ingram 
I'm not terribly – here's the thing. I'm not really a big fan of Edelman in fantasy, and I'm really not that big of a fan of Ingram in fantasy either. Um, <laughs> I'm like – I feel like I'm on an island. I feel like I'm on an island for both, which is so crazy. I, I just – but you look at the you, you look and I joke around about looking at the numbers, but you look at the numbers, man, and it's like I mean Ingram's had literally one good year. Edelman, in terms of even if you want to include PPR, has had really two good years, right? So it's like I just I'm just I don't know, man. I, I just don't understand the hype. Um, and Ingram too, when he comes back, there's a there's two concerns. One, it's like, look, Kamara's been amazing. Um, and this offense is, is moving the ball. So that's one concern is how much workload is he going to get? Number two is the defense has been so bad, is he going to be game scripted out, right? So it's like I've got some concerns. I mean, you got to keep in mind, too, last year, last year when Ingram went off, the defense was so much better. And I know that those two things play together. But, I mean, again, if the defense is going to be this bad, I just don't know if Ingram is going to be in favorable game scripts. Yeah, that, I think that's one of the – we have a lot of surprising players, but as a whole, I think that's one of the more surprising things is how bad the Saints defense has turned since last year. And especially, yeah. it's not like they don't have talent. I mean, you, I mean, you look at this week, it's going to be a hell of a chi- – the Giants put Wheeler now at right tackle, which can't be worse than Eric Flowers. No, nope. he's got a hell of a matchup this week after going against J.J. Watt last week. Right. Um, yeah, and I, I, I keep waiting for the Saints defense to come around. I have them in a league, and I'm just holding on to them. I, I don't know why. But, uh, <laughs> well, it's a league where you only get 20 moves total, so rotating defense is not really Ah, uh, yeah, I got so. But, yeah. yeah, it's just, again, I'm just waiting for them to come around because, as you mentioned, I think they still have talent. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, who knows, if Ingram comes back, I mean, maybe those two things, again, you know, there's a little bit of synergy there. So that's what I'm hoping for. We'll see. All right, so back to people, would you start? Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey. Um, you know, I'll give him a whirl in standard, and PPR probably not. I, I just mm-hmm. got to think that there are other options in PPR um, that are better than Alshon. Mm, okay, so let's uh, do this. I'll do it again. Let's toss out a few names. Uh, here's a good one. I'm definitely starting Alshon Jeffrey over him, and also because I hate his life, but Amari Cooper. Boy, guy. Uh, there you go. <laughs> man, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll start off Sean over. I mean, it's just so painful to watch Cooper. You know, I'll tell you what. I'll play Cooper if I don't have to watch the Raiders. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, it, the Browns' defense is legitimately something to worry about this year. It is. Uh, their front seven is, is, is really nice, you know. And, um, and, and obviously, Miles Garrett taking a step forward has created a lot of turnover opportunities. So, yeah, I mean, that's something I, – I don't know, man. I, I still feel as if people team, – opposing teams are treating the Browns like last year's Browns, which I just think is a mistake. At some point, the offenses will figure out, okay, let's not take seven-step drops on, you know, 50% of our passes here and let Miles Garrett <laughs> wreck us. You know, like, at some point, they're just going to throw over them, right? They'll, they'll just slip a, a running back back there or, or just have, like, you know – routes or whatever it's just I, I just I'm watching the, the games for the Browns and I'm like what are these offensive coordinators doing you know it's like I don't understand like stop letting Miles Garrett wreck your entire game plan like I don't understand what's going on I mean Denzel Ward's locking everybody down man oh Ward is great man holy yeah. hell he, yeah. is, he is a baller I mean he is 
he's basically this year's Marshawn Lattimore, a guy that was highly touted and is paying off. You know what I mean? I was just so, about to say that. It was so funny. I was going to say it's the three years in a row. I was going to say it's he's going to be in that Lattimore, Jalen Ramsey conversation. Yeah. I mean, he's not as dominant as Jalen, but yeah, I mean. I don't, well, I don't think anybody is, but uh, no. like, the conversation. I mean, okay. AJ Bouye. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that, yeah, I think that's, yeah, I think that's about right. You know, a good coverage guy, ball hawking skills. Yeah, there you go. Now, I know the answer is because similar to Dalvin Cook, like who else are you starting? But Leonard Fournette, obviously, I guess the biggest question here is not do you start him? Like how much is your confidence level? And I'll take it to the step further of if he has a good game, let's say 70, 80 yards, touchdown. Do you immediately try to sell high just to get away from him? Yeah, I mean, it's a situation where I think we have a large enough sample size to know that this guy's never going to be healthy. Uh, for any reliable period of time, right? So there might be, you know, who knows? I mean, maybe there's a situation where, you know, he plays 14, 15 games, fine. But um, you just know that the injury risk is always going to be high with Leonard Fournette. And he's also a running back that is, you know, always dealing with stuff. Even last year when he played, it was like, okay, well, how healthy is he? You know what I mean? It's like, he's healthy enough to play, but it's like, okay, well, how? He's great hell. Yeah, I mean, yeah, unfortunately, you know, so – um, or if yeah, you want I mean, a real callback to baseball for some older people, even than that, he's no more Garcia Pera. Hey, that's a good one too, man. That's a very good one as well. So yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, yeah, you're playing him this week. And if he has a good game, I'm absolutely trying to move him, you know, for what? Well, I mean, that just depends on, on what your, you know, roster construction, ro- roster construction and league settings are, you know? So He's going to be a lot harder to move, obviously, in standard scoring leagues. But in PPR, he's in. Yeah, if he has a good game, man, I, I just absolutely unload. Um, you know, for for a wide receiver, if I have to. So speaking of real quick here, James, I'm going to uh, sidebar on you. Uh, yeah. Do you, you are you an NBA guy at all? I love the NBA. Okay, okay, good. So perfect. So we can definitely sidebar about this then. Did you see Darren Rovell's tweet this morning? I did not. I have not been on Twitter as of yet. All right, so this is another example of why we should pretty much have the NBA run every sport. So this is the most genius thing I think I've seen to date when it comes to televised programming, when it comes to sports. You can go into this season now by the fourth quarter on NBA League Pass. So you don't pay anything, and if you see a game that you're like, hmm, I'm going to tune in for the fourth quarter of this game, you can pay $1.99 and watch the fourth quarter. Wow, really? Yes. Is that a genius? Oh, it is. Absolutely. That's like, you know, taking a slice and just, and and just cutting that slice and just cutting that slice and then just trying to get marketability and and profitability at at every turn. That's pretty, pretty ingenious. Especially because not only do you get like people like me, who's an NBA fan, but doesn't have the time to watch and want to buy the league pass, even as a Bulls fan. And also the Bulls have been pretty miserable for the past couple of seasons, but the fact is, like, you know, now I'll, I'll do that. I'll be like, you know what? I, I don't have football to watch tonight. I don't have baseball that I need to pay attention to. I'll tune in for the fourth quarter of this game because this is intriguing. So it gets me, but it also gets those people out there that have always complained to me, like, you don't even need to watch the first three quarters. You can just watch the final five. Like, it gets everybody. It does. And, you know, the other thing, too, it's like if they're like, yeah, we'll charge you $1.99 for the whole game or $1.99 for the fourth quarter. You know, it's, it's actually more intriguing to just charge $1.99 for the fourth quarter because – you're like, oh, yeah, you know, or I could buy a league pass for whatever, however, $100 or whatever it is, you know. So yeah, that's, 
That's an interesting one. They also last week they came out with a, a league pass for like four teams. Like if you want to get league pass and like pick five teams or four teams or something, you didn't have to pay the full fare. You can yes. get like a discounted league pass rate too. So um, yeah, they're just they're figuring out ways, man. And um, it's pretty. See, strong. I would love speaking. Of, you're on Fantasy Zone. You talk to the people of the get get the people on board with it. I, the the four channel game. Yeah, I want I want to be able to choose the four. <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you. It's like, it's like, all right, there's two on here, so I'm missing two of the ones that I want to watch, so let me go to the eight one. Okay, now I have to sit two feet from the TV. So yeah, like, well, not only is there that, but you know what, man? They absolutely need a, a red zone for, for basketball. I don't know what they would call it, but... You're host- right, because the NBA does that on their channels sometimes, too. They'll yeah, jump yeah. around, but then... Yes. They, I, th- I don't know if they're trying to do it because of like like licensee purposes or they're trying not to give too much away they kind of stop sometimes and then they cut away yeah that's what it is you start talking and it's just like no go back to the game there's still 30 seconds left what are you doing yeah i think it's i think it's broadcasting rights but i mean again it should be a situation where if you pay for meat pass just like if you pay for red zone you know what i mean like you get um you know you get that channel you know what i mean so yeah i, I agree you know look i want it for I, baseball if there's a runner in scoring position they totally should have that for every sport, period. Um, and, you know, finding the right host is, is going to be problematic. But, uh, but, yeah, the concept of it, they should absolutely do it for sure. Yeah, you don't want me hosting the baseball one. I'll be sidebarring so many times. I don't, and people have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be the worst host ever. Uh, speaking of worst host ever, Jason Wynn. But, anyway, uh, going to like, – like, I don't mind – I actually like being quiet when you don't have much to add. But he doesn't have anything to add. How did we throw him into Monday Night Football? He's new, you know. I'm, I'm, I, I work in the profession, I, and I always give people a little bit of a grace period. Right, but he should have been brought in slowly. You didn't need to throw him into Monday Night Football. Yeah, there's something to be said about that too. But I mean, if he's going to work for ESPN, he's got to do that game because there's no other games. That's true. I just really like Matt, Matt Hasselbeck. I thought Matt Hasselbeck would have been perfect for it. I like him too, man. Um, and yeah, I don't know why they, I don't know why they bypassed him because you know he would have taken the gig. I mean, why yeah, well, they, it's because of Tony Romo's success. That's why. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's a, it's interesting. I don't know why they, I don't know why they went with Witten over Hasselbeck because I, I agree. I, I quite enjoy Hasselbeck. Yeah. All right. Maybe, back to players. Maybe they, just, maybe they thought it wasn't going to be enough. I don't know enough energy or something. I don't know. But then again, Jason Witten doesn't drink. I don't know. It's I think to your point, maybe outside of the NFL, people like us, that the casual person doesn't really know who the Hasselbacks are. And then you kind of, you know, like people to, oh, it's Jason Witten. Everybody remembers Jason Witten because he was a tight end for 50,000 years. But right. So I I think maybe that's part of it. All right. LaShawn McCoy back. Not because only the fact of the injury and he's going to be playing through this for the rest of the season, but the Bills, some, outside of last week, are abysmal. I, don't, I, don't, I still don't know what to make of last week. But LaShawn McCoy, this might be one of those situations where you do have better options. So do you roll out LaShawn McCoy? Um, I probably would try to avoid, if possible. Um, you know, that being said, you know, running back is such a weird position, but it's a pretty decent matchup for him, man. You know, the Green Bay Packers haven't looked great defensively. Um, they're right. going to give up points, you know what I mean? And and even if Aaron Rodgers and the boys build up a big lead, um, you know, what you'd like to see is, like, you know, some garbage time points from your pass-catching running back, and that's exactly what LaShawn McCoy could give you. So, 
Um, so yeah, man, I, I, again, I probably do play him because again, at the running back position, it's probably, uh, pretty hard to find, uh, a, a suitable replacement, but it's just, uh, you don't feel great about it. I'll say that no. you just don't feel great about it. No, you can only hope that Josh Allen sparks this offense somehow. And then, you know, LeSean McCoy, the one thing I like about LaShawn McCoy is he's, it's similar for us in a good feeling of not the Roddy White, where Roddy White's like, hey, if I don't practice, don't play me. That was the best thing ever. But right. LaShawn McCoy, that he's saying, like, I want to play. Like, I'm going out there. I'm playing. I will play through this. I can manage it. Like, I, I like to see that in a player, especially when he's on a miserable team like he is, to see that drive. So here's another one. And this one is actually starting to trend more towards doubtful than probable on the questionable scale is Larry Fitzgerald because not only is Larry Fitzgerald banged up, this offense has been beyond miserable. Larry Fitzgerald has been miserable. You probably have better wide receiver options even if he was healthy, but Josh Rosen is that quarterback now. Yeah, I love the fact that Josh Rosen is going to be back there. Um, and, you know, he, he absolutely – his skill set, to me anyways – screams that it would go well with Larry Fitzgerald. Now, that being yeah. said, I don't know how healthy he is, you know. Rosen is a guy that absolutely throws laser beams from 15 yards and in, <laughs> um, and he really likes working that intermediate part of the field. And, again, that is exactly where Larry Fitzgerald thrives. So, <clears throat> for me, it's, you know, if once he is healthy and gets on the field, I'm really excited to see what happens. Um, but – that being said, I don't think he's fully healthy. And you're right. At, at wide receiver, there probably are better options uh, for you. You know what else I like about Josh Rosen? He's got the Jay Cutler air about him. Like, I don't give a you-know-what. Oh, yeah. His DGAP meter is off the charts. <laughs> for sure. But, again, you know, it's a little bit different, though, because, you know, Cuddy was a guy that was DGAP and then throwing it, you know, throwing low percentage balls like 50 yards downfield to be like, hey, look how far I can throw the ball. <laughs> uh, and Rose is not that guy. Like he's much That's more. That's true. He's very surgical, man. Like this guy. I I I love Rose, man. I think he's going to be great. Um, I, I agree with you. I thought he was the most NFL ready of anybody. But to do your point, that's I've never. That's the best way to put it. I've never heard that before. He's like with. Jay Cutler is the fact that it was just like, hey, I could watch me. I can throw this really far. Like, at least with Rosen, he's like, I don't care, I'm, but I'm making the tough throw that I can probably make. I'm not just going to do it just to show off. Yeah. Uh, I mean, his, I mean, yeah, he definitely, yeah, he just doesn't care. But once he steps in, <laughs> once he steps between those lines, man, like, you know, he's, I, I think he's a, a, an ideal NFL quarterback, you know, a guy that can, you know, go under center, a guy that can go from shotgun. And again, really likes working the short and intermediate part of the field. So, and and he's extremely accurate uh, throwing those routes too. So, yes. yeah, man, like I, I'd love to see, I'd absolutely love to see what he can do. It's it's so weird, man. Like I know I love Saquon, and I, I think like you know everyone makes fun of running backs and all that. And, you know, whatever the Giants took them took Saquon. And I can understand why they did it. I'm not like you know, um, I'm not like a lot of the, a lot of fantasy folks who are like, oh, why'd you take running back? Running back is so easily replaceable. That being said, they do have a team in place that would have just been absolutely ideal for Josh Rosen um, should something happen to to Eli Manning. So that part of it was don't, a little. Don't make me think about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no. But though i mean sterling shepherd obj i mean these guys are uh i know i know, I know. Whatever. We'll move yeah 
One more player and then two tweets that you have out there and we'll get you out of here for today. Marlon Mack, is there any chance you want us to – do you start any Colts running back unless you're forced to? No. I mean, Naheem Hines has looked pretty good out of the backfield and I don't know, the Colts offense in general just looks a little bit broken, right? So they're still playing very conservative, obviously, with Andrew Luck. Um, and, yeah, it's just a backfield split. So, no, uh, I want no piece of Marlon Mack. <laughs> Yeah, I've been off the Colts the entire time. And no, the like to your point, Hines at a PPR, if I have like three running backs on a bye, then maybe I'll jump into that one. All right, here's the two tweets. The first one, Jordan Howard. You said last year, Jordan Howard saw eight plus defenders in the box 43% of the time. This year, 18.9. Well, I'm rounding off for you to make this yeah. quicker. Now I just made it longer. Don't sweat his 3.4 yards per carry average right now. That's about to go way up. Locked and loaded. Top 12 running back. Rest of the way. Bears down. Hashtag, you know what, next-gen stats. So explain to everybody why you think that because I know some people out there already come at, well, the fact that he hasn't seen it, shouldn't he have been doing better so far? So there you go, James. Yeah, I mean, again, per next-gen stats, he's seeing, you know, much fewer defenders uh, in the box per run, which is great. You know, again, uh, you, you, you just mentioned it, eight-plus defenders in the box 43% of the time, which was, again, one of the league uh, worst marks for running backs. And then now just, you know, a, a 19%, uh, eight-plus defenders in the box, which is pretty good. Um, so, yeah, I just think, look, he's getting used to a new system, um, and I, I just – Again, I, I think he's going to be a top 12 running back the rest of the way. I think his efficiency will go up. I think Chicago is going to start scoring more points. Um, I think they'll start playing at a faster pace because I know they want to play at a faster pace now too. So, um, yeah, for me, I just think, look, if you have Jordan Howard, stick with him. Uh, don't trade him away. But if you don't have him, think about making an offer uh, for him because I tell you what, there's a lot of managers out there that are a little bit, you know, skittish on Jordan Howard right now. So, yeah, he's somebody I would trade for and, and somebody that I have extreme confidence in moving forward. Yeah, I'm, I've been a huge Jordan Howard fan like this whole this season. I'm, I'm just so glad to see those kind of numbers trending in his direction. And so here's another one, and I'm glad you put this out there because I've been the one pushing back seemingly, which I'm glad you're going to be helping with this, on the on Johnson excitement because, yeah, it's fine. It's you know, He is the best talent back there, but he's also dealing – with a lot of split touches, and if you look at this week, and to your point, here's your tweet. I know everybody's really excited about on Johnson versus Dallas, sans Sean Lee, but even though we saw a shift in usage week three, his snap count percentage didn't increase. Week one, 24%. Week two, 47 Week three, 44 which is exactly what I would say. Theo Riddick still leads the backfield overall at 41%, Blunt at 25 If you watched last week's game, on Johnson, LeGarrette Blunt, same amount of carries. To your point also to go further with Dallas, and I've mentioned this many times before, they drag the living hell out of games. Like you're not getting a lot of snaps in general. So I've actually had him lower in my rankings than this week. A lot of people are pushing back at me, and I'm saying because I don't know that he gets more than 10 to 12 touches against a slow Dallas team. And to your point, this could be a LeGarrette Blunt backfield week. I, it's it's interesting. When I went back through the games, it's if it was a competitive situation, actually – you saw the, the snap count really depends between Theo Riddick and LeGarrette Blunt. But, I mean, obviously, you know, between week two and three, 47%, 44% for on Johnson, his snap share is going to be pretty consistent, you know. So I don't see it moving up or down, but it's just if the Lions are ahead, you're going to see more Blunt. You won't see more on Johnson. You know what I'm saying? If they're behind, you'll see more Theo Riddick. 
you won't see more carry on Johnson. It's just no matter what the game script is, carry on's going to see, you know, anywhere between 40 and 50% of the snaps. So does his volume increase? I don't know. I mean, I know volume is not totally directly tied to snap counts, but man, it's awfully hard to see a, a huge uptick in volume without seeing a huge uptick in snaps. So yeah, I just, again, you know, I totally agree with you. Dallas is dragging out games. I, I don't, I don't see there being a lot of volume in this ball game. And you know, people are like, well, he turned a corner. It's like, yeah, it's absolutely possible that he did. But as we know, the NFL is a monolith, and it probably t- will take three or four weeks before the coaching staff is like, ah, you know what, let's give carry on some more touches, you know? So um, as of right now, you know, for the next two weeks, I probably would have carry on about the same. They still have the same issues. It's not like, it's not like they magically fixed everything, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, so, yeah, they still have a lot of the same issues, especially defensively. And if they get behind, I don't think they're going to get behind in this game. But I do think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Um, and that's how all Dallas teams have been thus far, pretty pretty low-scoring. So, um, yeah, I'm not anticipating a huge, you know, uptick in production from carry-on. That being said, you know, I, I don't think you're tra- – you're not trading them away. Uh, and I don't, you know, I, it, again, I wouldn't necessarily advocate you trading for him either. So, um, it's just kind of whatever it was, is the same thing. I think and that, I think that's just the general point that I'm making is whatever, whatever carry on was in week two, that's what he is in week four. That that's just my, my whole thing. Yeah, no, I don't disagree with you. I think that's a really good way to look at it. And that's what you get from James is what you get from the next gen stats. So once again, Make sure, go, go, tell everybody, follow you at James Deco and then everything they should be on the lookout for. Yeah, man. So, you know, my columns on The Athletic come out every Friday. Um, and then uh, on Sunday morning, an hour before kickoff, we have a show called The Fantasy Zone. Um, and it's, an, again, if you have never watched it, it's a Red Zone style show. We go game to game. We show you all the scores. We get you updates. But we sprinkle in a hell of a lot more fantasy takes, right? So we'll give you targets and snap counts and, you know, and just talk about, you know, stuff that matters to fantasy people. So it's exact. look, if you like red zone I, I, and you love fantasy, I promise you, you're going to like this show, man. We give it well, to it's you. perfect too. Cause I have the chat on the athletic from 11 to 12. You jump right over, you get James from 12 to one and you there can't you be more prepared for Sunday. Hey, had a baby. So yes, direct TV channel 704. If you've never given us a try, give us a whirl. Um, I, I'm, I'm relatively confident that you will enjoy the show. So um, so yeah, man, it's a great cast of characters too. So, so please watch us there, uh, direct TV channel 704. All right. Sounds good. Uh, we'll talk to you again next Thursday, James, and, uh, good luck in week four. All right. Peace out, man. And now it's time for a brand new segment. It's going to happen every Thursday and you know what? I don't want to spoil anything, so I'm just going to let it go and you'll see, but we're going to be doing this every Thursday. It's going to be fun. First of all. You're stupid. Big, dumb, Because you're dumb. Big, fat, meanie, you're an idiot. What you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Okay, a simple wrong would have done just fine, but... Uh... That's me. Yep, and as you heard, it's time 
for the big meanie. It's time for Chris Meanie. He's going to be uh, not nice to me. It's time to tell me where I'm wrong, if, as much as you guys can believe that's actually a thing that's possible. Can I be wrong? We'll find out. Chris, welcome to the show. And it's, uh, you ready to do this? You ready to be the, the meanie of the show? The big meanie, the big blue meanie. Yes, uh, that was my nickname uh, my classic rock radio days. Uh, a big Beatles fan gave me the big blue submarine meanie. So I'm ready, man. I'm going to put your rankings uh, to the test. But, uh, I, thought I, was, I was kind of hoping that was like your hockey name. Yeah, no. Like you're just this, this the hulking defenseman that takes people out while they're not looking and you're the enforcer and you're the big blue meanie something like that. Totally opposite of my hockey game, to be honest <laughs> with you. So uh, I'm not that guy. Uh, you're like the little five, six quick finish skater that's like trying to avoid everybody and skate through circles. Is that what you're telling me? That's exactly it. Yeah, I'm trying to dodge hits into the boards and I'm uh, I like to set set up my uh, my teammates, but um, I can be a little selfish as well. Try to put the puck in the net. All right, so here's we're ready to do. Oh, by the way, yeah, tell everybody. We'll look. No, we'll do that at the end. We'll do yeah, that. Yeah, we're we'll supposed do. to be mean, right? Nobody cares. This yeah. is supposed to be not niceties and joking around with. I'm doing this all wrong, obviously, to begin with. So, <laughs> <laughs> quarterbacks, where do you have a problem with my rankings right off the top? Right off the top, I guess, like, I'll go Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I know it's Aaron Rodgers, and if you have him, you start him. But I just, man, like, I've watched this guy since the knee injury, and he does not look good. Every play, he's, like, wincing back to the huddle. I'm, I'm seeing him use his legs a little bit, but he's limping. I know there's obviously the risk. We can't predict injuries, like, one shot, and then Rodgers is gone. But, like, guys you have behind him, like Deshaun Watson – who's just improved now in every single game. And what I've seen from Watson is that he's running. He looks good. He's got 120 yards on the ground. That's basically like starting with four free points right off the get-go. So I like Watson. I've fallen down the Matt Ryan trap. He's looked good, <laughs> especially at home over the past couple of games. You know, maybe he just can't play in Philadelphia. He's never really been able to his whole career, but those last two home games were phenomenal. This is a good spot for him. Rivers behind, Big, Big Ben. Like, I would actually go all of those guys – over Rodgers. I know it's crazy, but I definitely 100% would go Watson, Ryan, and Rivers. I just think this is a really good bounce back spot for Rivers. All right. So then let me ask you this. So this is where we're going to go. And then because and I'm open to criticism, like I said, I'm not, not 100%, right? Close. But <laughs> the, the thing is, is I, I don't expect a ton of passing in this game. And I will say this is he's looked a little bit better being forced to stay in the pocket. I know I agree mm. with you. He's wincing, but he's been a little bit more patient because he can't run. So the one thing I have is I don't have him throwing for that many yards because I can see this being a run heavy game. I have him for 265, but I have him for 2.2 touchdowns because he's Aaron Rodgers and like similar to Phillip Rivers a bunch of weeks or not a bunch. It was just two weeks ago against the bills is he could throw for plenty and still run out the clock in the second half. So is that, are the touchdowns maybe too high? Cause if I just took off a half of a touchdown, he would fall down all the way to about Rivers or Roethlisberger. Yeah, well, I mean, your prediction for him is basically what he did last week, and he finished as a borderline QB1, I think maybe QB10 or something or something like that. From week to week, it's obviously different. We got Cam on a bye, who's, who's one of the safest quarterbacks out there. But yeah, I, I'd say... And to be I, fair, the, the highest touchdown total I have for any quarterback is 2.4. I, I, because so it's not... A, yeah, okay. Right, so quarterbacks are generally... Like, we, we do projections. It's not as much as you could see it happening. It's not like I'm projecting. I'll give you an example. Drew Brees, 301 yards. Most people out there would be like, yeah, he's going to toss for 330, 340 against the Giants. But like, right, even 300 is aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, you're being conservative. I mean, you don't have 
Patrick Mahomes at 5.4 or anything like that. <laughs> Total combined. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you In know, the what? first it, half. Yeah. Again, it's, it's Aaron Rodgers. I think that's a fair prediction or projection for him, you know, 260 and a couple times. Well, then maybe, yeah, maybe I'll dive into that. And I, I, I definitely think that they're going to run the ball a little bit more though. I do now that they got both backs in there and Jones and Williams, I think that this is going to be a team that, that runs a football a little bit more and, and Buffalo, this is, they're not going to play like they did against Minnesota. I think this is a pure letdown spot. Okay, so another quarterback. Slightly down, man. Come on. Like, Slightly down. All right. All, right. All right. I told you I would look back at it again. All right. So <laughs> let's do it. Let's the second quarterback. You got two. What's the second one? Yeah, the second one. I got to go way down your list to find this guy. I had to double check. Like Case Keenum at 22. Like, unstartable. Can't even start him. He's borderline startable quarterback. Oh, so which way are you going? Are you going this is too low or too high? He's too low. He should be. He should be up. No. This, all right. Hold on. Time out. Before you even get into your argument, so I'm gonna. Yeah, yeah. I gotta tell you where I'm coming from in this one. So again, projections. But all that being said, is I've done this before. I tried earlier this season to say it's a good matchup. Case Keenum looks great with Emmanuel Sanders. Demarius Thomas still hasn't caught on yet. And this is another great matchup. The game should be forced. It should be a game script where they have to play. But I've done this before. Like I did, I, I gave excuses for Case Keenum earlier this season and over projecting it. Like that's the thing is, like I don't just sit here and go projections, projections, projections. I'm done. Here you go, magic. Like like I go out there and I do all this, and then the football knowledge comes in, and the football knowledge comes in. Similar to this discussion we're having right now. Like these are the things that go through my head as I start going through the list and said, you know what? I don't buy this game script for this player. I think he gets more rushes, or I guess you know I see more targets coming this week. Allen Robinson. Perfect example, just moved into the, as you know, he moved into the slot more last week. That's better for him, especially with his matchup this week. Like, you have to take these things into account, which aren't always uh, accrued for in projections. So, that's my counter argument before you even get into it. But now, go ahead. Go ahead. Make your stupid case for Casey. <laughs> and I got burned against Oakland, too. Whatever. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to exactly. I'm not, but I'm not going to, I'm going to forget about that. Like, recency bias. I'm just going to forget about that. I'm looking at the points and the fact that Casey's going to score, right? They're averaging 39 points per game, the most in the league. They're also allowing 30 points per game, the most in the league. They're also allowing the most yards, the most passing yards, the most third most fantasy points at quarterbacks. It's all set up for Case Keenum to have to throw the football here just a little bit, right? I mean, in the in the backfield, <laughs> a couple checkdowns, whether it's Sanders, like you're Middle, Demarius, Thomas, convince yourself, right? Like, right? <laughs> <laughs> you have to. So, uh, I just I would roll out Keenum over over Flacco, over Manning, uh, over Luck, to be honest with you. Um, and yeah, right around the Fitzpatrick. I like where you have Tannehill. I thought coming in, we'd be different about Brady and Tannehill and actually we're pretty spot on with those, with both of those two quarterbacks. So, uh, much like Tannehill, I'm sure you're thinking is, you know, you can take advantage of the secondary New England right now. And I think you can just do the same against. Oh yeah. He's got multiple touchdowns in every game. So he's my favorite streamer of the week. And again, this look, it's Tannehill, a similar case. Like you get into this range and it's not like Tannehill's that high, but you get to the Tannehill's and the Keenum's like those things get blow up in your face. Andy Dalton, even if Angie, AJ Green plays, did you know, sneakily, by the way, AJ Green or not AJ Green, Andy Dalton is inside the top 10 right now. Like people, yeah. I didn't realize this like he's been yeah. playing well and he, and you know what if you look go look back at his career he's he's shown this before there's been times where he's been i think a few years ago jake he was like a top five quarterback right yeah. there with yeah with andrew luck and yeah and decent was when he, finished the last season 
Yeah, and that's when he had a, a healthy Tyler Eifert. Right now he's healthy. Boyd looks un- unbelievable in the slot. And A.J. Green is A.J. Green, right? And and Mixon looked good at the start of the season. And Geo's certainly capable of handling a full workload. So, yeah, I like Andy Dalton. And this is a good spot, too. Like, this is the highest total of the week in the cincinnati Atlanta game. 51 and a half points. I mean, a lot of points on the board. Which is crazy, because I would have thought it would be... De- is there any chance that Denver KC ends up being, like, 10-7? <sighs> Yeah, I mean, what? Well, Mahomes goes into Denver and he's just like, we, he just forgets how to play. I don't know. Like, it's not that it, the defense. I, I give it a little bit of respect, but it's it's not the same anymore. Like, I Mahomes is so phenomenal, and I cooled it off a little bit with him. But that that run and pass, that touchdown. Well, pass I saw the yeah. so impressive. Oh, there's no question about it. And this is like you can go back. Like I said this before. Patrick Mahomes was the most talented quarterback in last year's draft class. Extremely raw decision-making and throws that he'll make because he's over-aggressive. And I said it's a terrific fit. I Even that, I didn't expect it to click this fast. Like I was, I was saying, maybe year three, he looks amazing. Year two, you see the development. And then, you know, really that's, that's kind of what I was – I wasn't expecting this. There's, I don't think anybody was expecting this. No, you can't. You can't. Guys setting records. It's, it's unbelievable. I mean – Are we and, going and, too far, though, by having him – like not – I say we as in because the consensus has him number one this week despite being in Denver. Yeah, I know. And I've, I actually flip flop him and breeze a couple times and, you know, doing projections myself. I just, ha- I have Mahomes, I have him ahead of breeze and it's just, you know what it's, we are maybe a little bit because the efficiency is going to stop. I mean, he had more touchdowns and incompletions in, in week two, which is just unbelievable. And the yards really aren't even there. He's not even running that much and he can do that. And you're right. Yeah. The yards are not there. He's just throwing touchdowns. He's just, He's super efficient. He's hitting all of his weapons. Sammy Watkins is getting his. Travis Kelsey, oh, he doesn't like Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey's fine. Like, for week two, he was great. And then Tyree Kill. Like, it's just... I'm just so Reed, scared man. that, like, when it happens, he's not just going to turn into a pumpkin. He's going to turn into, like, the, holy crap, I forgot the pumpkin's been on my front porch. It's the end of November, and it's, like, started to disintegrate, and it's smushed, and there's, like, stuff leaking out of the sides. Like, those type of pumpkins, like, that's how bad it's going to be. Yeah, that's that's not a pumpkin that you want, man. It's <laughs> it's a stinky looking looking pumpkin. But you know, this time last year on itself. <laughs> <laughs> this time last year, Deshaun Watson came onto the scene like this, and and Carson Wentz improved. And I remember talking to you at the time and wondering if people should should sell high. Like, okay, why don't you just sell high on the big name player like Breeze and and Rogers or Brady, and then roll with a guy like Watson? But with this year and Brady's struggles and Rogers' knee and and breeze has been awesome it's just you you can't sell high in Mahomes. you just have to ride this out it's just i again i give some credit to andy reed and like kc like some? Moving up in the draft yeah some because you can't give him a, a, I would ton. Say a ton so he moves up in the draft and he trades a guy in alex smith he's all all he's done is really one in the nfl besides those big playoff games and he, he makes the moves and, pe- and people criticize him mahomes looks he looks way better than i'm sure andy reed could have ever thought he would Hey, by the way, re- real quick sidebar. Are you, are you still in your survivor pool? I am not in my survivor pool. And I didn't even pick Minnesota last week because I picked, picked them week one. Yeah, I picked Jacksonville. Oh, man. Uh, I, the only reason I'm asking is because I, I just got my email for the, hey, we're, we're, we're bringing back the survivor oh, pool yeah. for the like 90% of us that are. <laughs> Revival. Yeah, there's the same thing. There's 155 people in my pool. There's four left. They all picked the Chiefs last week. And, and no, one guy picked the Eagles and they almost lost. Oh, uh, we so, were at 450. We're down to 30. Wow, 30. Yeah, they're making another pool in this one too, but. 
that's it. I've had it, man. I'm not doing it. Like the big heavy home favorites have been first week. It was the saints. That Minnesota spread was the biggest one we've seen in like almost a dozen years. I told people seem to have short memories. I said, this is for, this is at least everything. I remember this is the worst one, but this is the biggest one. I remember it was about now five or six. It might even be more than that. I don't remember exact year, but it was week five. The Giants were like a 12 or 13 point favorite over the Seahawks back when the Seahawks were terrible before their whole Russell Wilson thing. And the Seahawks beat the Giants in week five. And that was the biggest one I remember to date. Now this is the either biggest or second biggest right there with it. Yeah, I mean, that game was like because close. that one. So this this one that we got to get back to the Rockets, but real quick. <laughs> It's always been like four, 450, like in that range of people that's been in the one that I've been in now for about, I want to say, yeah. years. Yeah, this that, is as early as I've seen it. Well, no. So that this week when the Giants lost to the Seahawks, we actually, there was nobody left. Oh, we wow. actually split the pool at that point and restarted. Yeah. Well, I mean, it could be over this week. It, it really could. Like anyone could. We, I don't know. If they go to Green Bay, I'm sure nobody's picked Green Bay. Who, who are you going with this week? Again. Well, I'm out. No, I mean, but if you were back in, if I, if I was back in it, I would um, Chargers. Yeah, Chargers, Chargers the 49ers. Brand. Yeah, but sorry. yeah, it's, yeah. I find it's a hard one brand. outside of that because the Patriots are at home for the Dolphins, but the Dolphins beat the Patriots in oh. general. Let yeah, alone man. how the Dolphins are playing. Uh, the Jaguars just couldn't even score ten points against Tennessee, and I know I know that, and then a lot of people got knocked out with them already. That's it. So, you could go Green Bay at home, like if you haven't picked them, like you probably. Uh, do you not. really want to take? Buff- <laughs> go against Buffalo after last week? So that was my thinking in week two. I was like, well, I'm going to go to the Saints because there's no way they're going to lose again. And I it, was going down the whole 0-16, just pick whoever's playing the Bills road. Yeah, Bills and Tampa. That's my whole thing was Tampa at the start of the season. I'm just going to pick on the Bucks, and then they could easily have been 3-0 to start the season. Crazy wild year, man, to start. Oh, it is. All right, uh, so running backs now. All right, yeah. so who you got problems with at running back? Uh, running backs. Let's go. Um, I like Carlos Hyde. I, I like him just a little bit more. I just feel like he should be right into that Jordan Howard and Geo. So well, hold on, for people that don't know, I have him at thirteen. So are you trying to say top ten? Yeah. You have him. Um, okay, according to yeah, you have him at thirteen. Yeah, top ten. Why not? Why not top ten? Right. Okay, He's top ten in touches and carries every single week. He's he gets all the Chubb and and Duke don't even touch the field. Like Duke touches. So you're starting him over Hunt. I'm starting him over. I have Hunt a little slightly higher. I have. I would start him over David Johnson. Coleman. I would start him over Coleman. I would start him over Fournette. And I really, really like the matchup for Gio. I just feel like he should be right into the top ten. I, like he should be bunching with Howard and yeah. Gio. Nice. There's no reason for him not to be. Come on, Jake. Uh, uh, big, well, because <laughs> I okay. Wait, I'm buying in. I'm buying. Well, no, I'm buying into Hugh Jackson being sensible this week <laughs> and i say this week because last week he said yeah we gotta get duke johnson more touches i i know carlos i've been a carlos hyde fan since college i know you people, have. see you know and it's never been a question of talent it's the health and i just there's something in the back of my mind and this is obviously this is one of those situations where it comes down to you just have that okay i'll get for everybody out there that's always like, I got a gut feeling about starting blank this week. And I say, mm-hmm. sometimes just trust your gut. It's not always going to be right. I'm not always going to be right. But sometimes 
your gut tells you things and your brain can't figure out what it's remembering. Like it's one of those, like there's something in the back of your mind, either you saw or something that you heard and now you don't remember. There's something that's gnawing at you and it's like a, like a, like a brain worm or something that your gut saying, you should do this. Now, again, it's not always right and you just might be feeling queasy that day, but there's something that's just, my feeling is just like, Duke Johnson gets more involved this week. I don't know. Like, we got to save Carlos Hyde. We got to keep him healthy. Like, we don't need to pound him into the ground. And I, that's why. Now, I still have him at 13, but it's just I, I got this uneasy feeling like we're going to see Duke Johnson more this week. Yeah, I mean, we may, but the, the fact is, like, we just haven't yet. And right. you know, last week, he was sixth in touches. He had 25. The, the thing is, he's not going to get 88 targets this year and 50-some-odd catches like he had last season. It's He's probably not even going to come close to 50 catches. It just doesn't seem that way. He can catch. Right? That's the knock. Like, oh, he can't catch. He can't catch. He can. He's already proven that he can. But overall, he's top six in touches. He's getting all the goal line work. Baker Mayfield comes in last week. The offense just looks crisper, looks better. And for Hugh Jackson, he's always wanted to be He's a, a running team. Like, he's wanted to have his running backs run the football. He's always said that's why you want Tyrod Taylor. Fits his offense nicely. Like, come on. Like, But for, for me, it's Hyde is just – He's getting all of that work. I don't even know. Like Hunt got some work last week, but this team gets into the red zone and they're running trick plays all the time. Andy Reid's having so much fun. Like Hunt doesn't get those touches. He doesn't even get those catches that he's had over the past year. So for me, Hyde, I just feel like he definitely should be in that Howard, Geo, and Coleman range. Like that is a tier that I think is in your projections and certainly in mine are separated by like less than points. All right. Well, then let's back up because you said you would play him over David Johnson. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I got problems with David Johnson, like a little bit last week. He caught a couple balls at a receiving touchdown. Whoop de doo. Like he hasn't looked good on the ground at all. Oh, I, I know they're going to make the change at quarterback. <laughs> Fine. That offense. Is... They, they, they ran one play in the offensive zone in week two. One. And it happened at the end of the I game. I know. That's what I was saying. It's the offense. Like, it's the offense is so bad. They had eight red zone plays before last week. I know that they had a little bit more success against Chicago. You're going to throw in a rookie quarterback. Larry Fitzgerald doesn't look like he's going to play. It's just a mess, man. Like, I just – on on opportunity, he's not touching the ball 20 times. Like, he's not even coming close to what he averaged in 2016. It's like 14 touches a game, and the offense just right, for me. So looking at the offense, I just put him down. Argument. I would put him, yeah, put him at 17. That's where I'd have 16. No, so they just got shredded by Ezekiel Elliott. We saw that, and I'm not saying well. Obviously, Ezekiel Elliott's one of the top running backs in the game, but they are fifth most allowed rushing yards so far. The they have actually haven't. I'm talking about the Seahawks, obviously. Yeah, they haven't allowed a rushing touchdown surprisingly, but the first week for everybody that remember 70 yards to Lindsey and. Royce Freeman, like they can't stop the run. And to your point of no Larry Fitzgerald and this whole Mike McCoy, like at some point, it, like if you destroy this offense again this week, I got to think Mike McCoy, like how is Mike McCoy still have a job? Let's talk about that real quick. Like I know the NFL is the NFL and I've made the, I've made the counter argument saying we sit here as armchair quarterbacks and say, Oh, Lamar Miller should have got more touches with the dolphins. And then he did. and He became less efficient. And I always use that example because we don't always know everything. And obviously the dolphins were correct in not giving Lamar Miller the bell cow workload. Uh, you can be a bell cow. That's a whole nother conversation for another day that we've had, but that 20 plus touches game in and game out. 
Miller got that when he left. And like I said, he was putting up similar numbers to where he was with the Dolphins, but on more touches, so he's less efficient. So we can always sit here and say we know more. But in cases like this, like it, we like the, the, the consensus population has football knowledge. And I'm talking analysts on TV. I'm talking about people that have played the game. I'm talking us that examine the game. We can't all be wrong and Mike McCoy is in the right. <laughs> that's a, that's the thing like we want to give we want to give him the the benefit of the doubt that he's going to figure this out and, and turn things around but you're right everybody everything you read all the small smart football minds like yourself all the guys you follow all the guys we follow in the fantasy community that do good work we all see it like all the graphs have been have been presented to us all the inside runs the the non-usage on the outside not playing to his strengths uh not getting targets, Chase Edmonds being just as involved as him. Now Edmonds took a, a step back last week, but you wonder if it's all the noise. Like, like, yeah, we have to figure out how to get the ball in David Johnson's hands. Like, obviously, man, he's your best player. <laughs> he had 20 touchdowns in 2016. Like, he can flirt with 1,000 on the ground and 1,000 in the air. Like, this is what we've seen from him before. But it's just such a different team. In 2016, they ran so many plays. It was an up-tempo offense. They were able to move the ball. Um, they had a capable quarterback. It's just there's so many red flags. I don't love this offense. I don't feel great about him touching the ball 20 times. Uh, he hasn't had a game where he's had over 13 carries yet. I would just much rather rank better backs Maybe not even better back. Sorry, that's that's yeah. not the case. Yeah, but hold on. I, I was about to say. Yeah. I was say. Um, better situations <laughs> on better teams, and they're going to have opportunities to score. Like we, ha you have to put that a little bit in your projection too. Like, what's your projection for David Johnson touchdowns? It can't be more than Coleman, Hunt, or Hyde. It can't. No, be. but it's it's here. I'll tell you right now. I've got David Johnson for point four. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> nobody has more than nobody has one. That's but fair. Yeah. He's got. Out of, so I'll give you an example. Ezekiel Elliott's got 0.8. Gurley's got 0.8. Connor, 0.7. So David well, Johnson's 0.4. David Johnson, there's people actually behind him that have more, but he's also got the rush. The receiving is really where it comes in. Like, I have yeah. three and a half receptions, 30 yards receiving, 0.2 receiving. Like, if, if Fitzgerald is in, I'm not going to move him down that much, but that's where the real appeal comes from. But I'm going to keep you way too long at this point. Like, so, so wide well, receivers. You yeah oh, sorry. did you want to finish off david johnson no no you're right buried you, him. that's good yeah <laughs> killed him yeah by the way i'm trying to buy low on him as much as i'm hating yes him. everywhere yeah like, i have Ducks i'm never pretty well, sure right? my default answer is should i trade blank for david johnson just <laughs> yes do it like i haven't found a trade where this is what i'm talking about i talked about in the article this week this is the peak time to start getting aggressive with trades because the buys are hitting and now we're three games in and people are in full, like peak level 10 out of 10. Like this is the time to go by. Like I hate, you know this, I hate Derrick Henry, but in a non PPR right. for what you can get him for right now, it's like the zero cost. It's like, you might as well just go stash him on your bench because if anything ever clicks in the second half, once they get better matchups, it, it's, there's no loss. Like if you put him on your bench and he ends up being the same thing he's been so far, whatever, because you don't have to pay anything. Like people are telling me they can't find a trade for Chris Hogan, that they have to drop him to get a defense this week. Like wow. you could get Chris Hogan for nothing. And yes, he could be nothing, but that's my point is like, this is the peak trade. This is the best time to go and try to get trades. I agree. It is the best time. Yeah. It's, it's a perfect buy, buy low, sell high opportunity to cross the board. And, and for Henry, he's going to go up against the best run defense in football this, this week. So yes, yeah, so you don't want to start him. 
maybe you just maybe next week is is the time to buy buy guys like him. Well, yeah, and that, on the flip side, look at it. Like, what happens if he happens to have forty yards and finds a way to a touchdown? Like a fancy day that's going to look good, and now people aren't going to sell right. low because they're going to say, "Well, he had a good game against the worst possible defense you could find." So yeah, that's for rushing purposes. So yeah. that, that's where you look at it. All right. So there's one I saw that you want to talk about a wide receiver. Speaking of buying low. Yeah, I'm going to go to him first is another one I've been going after everywhere because if you look at the targets, this guy, I was joking and I said he's probably getting 70% of the team targets. He's getting 30%, 30% of this team's targets. That's Corey Davis. Yeah, it's another guy that I'm trying to buy low everywhere. And now Rashard Matthews doesn't want to play on the football team anymore. He's I know. Well, actually, sidebar, and I know we're gonna this. We're not even gonna get to all the players at this point. But you brought him up, so I want to. I do want to ask you. I, we're gonna branch out real quick. We're gonna spend a little time on Corey Davis. So Corey Davis, I don't know if you wanted to say that he's too high, or too low. But real quick before we get to that, I went out this morning because I forgot in some of my leagues because I'm in way too many damn leagues, and I picked up Taiwan Taylor. And almost all of them. Yeah, and point. I sat there and I said, how did I wake up and nobody else has picked them up yet? And in my back of my mind, I'm like, am I being too crazy? And, I, and then I said, no, I'm the, he's, the, he's the number two. They've had terrible matchups so far. Marcus Mariota, sure, he's not healthy, but he's the number two. And Matthews is gone. Like, I, I don't understand it. Like, am I the crazy one, Chris? No, you're not. You're, you're on the ball. And I don't understand his ownership in Yahoo. It's 2%. It's 2%. And everyone has had a good 12 hours with the news <laughs> yeah. last, last night of him. Are you, are are you not, holding on to Ryan Grant or would you go pick up Taiwan Taylor? I would go pick up Taylor. Yeah. See, so would I, and I'm a right, you know this, I'm a Ryan yeah. Grant f- supporter. Me too. Um, I have him on a lot of my teams uh, for sure. I am a supporter as well, but for Taylor, it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's completely opportunity here. We've, so we're going to lose Matthews. He's ticked off that he's not getting the touches. He's not getting the snaps. He says, I think the exact quote was something about paraphrasing. Now he's like, I'm not just look at the snaps and look at the targets. Like I'm not getting it. I was, he was a top player over the past couple of years with the Titans and a a good relationship with Mariota. It's just not there. So Delaney Walker is with us this year. People oh, quitting in halftime. People quitting in week four of the season. Like, what the hell's going on? I saw a great video. I know we're side sidebar here. It'll do this quickly. Great video this of the Seinfeld episode when, when George Costanza quit his job and he went back to work the next day. He's like, so quit. <laughs> it was just I know. Exactly. Like, what are you talking about? You took that seriously? Man, you guys just beat the Vikings. I'm here to stay. Um, but <laughs> back to the Titans. Like, Corey Davis, I want everywhere. I'm trying um, to lowball people with Isaiah Corral for for Davis trades um I just want everything to do with him you're right Jacksonville uh, I think this is a good spot for him against the Eagles like they've struggled uh, in the secondary big time they've allowed a lot of big plays and catches every single week except for last week against against the Colts but luck just can't throw the ball downfield there's some some rain there but I think Davis is a one of the best buy lows out there I, I love him I think he should just be slightly higher that's all Jake like I, I would put him like in the late twenties, uh, right around your Tyler Lockett, I would have him over Sammy Watkins, um, just because of pure opportunity alone. You said it. Twenty three targets. The next closest guy is a running back in Deion Lewis at twelve. Okay. All right. Uh, by the way, real quick, we're not even talking about because it it's not on the list. I got you. You say that it just made me think of this. A lot of people kept asking me this week. They're like, "Why so high on Tyler Lockett?" 
I was like, uh, because he's a wide receiver one and keeps catching touchdowns. And so, like, even with Doug Baldwin are you back, watching? I was like, I still have him inside the top. Like, those are the ones that get me sometimes. They're like, why so high? Why so low? Blank. And like that one, that I was not expecting why so high on Tyler Lockett when I, initially before I moved him down because of Doug Baldwin sounding like he's going to play. I, yeah. I had him like at 20. And I was like, he's been top 10 through the first three weeks. Like, I don't Dude, know. Like, touch on every game. Yeah. i like, what do you mean? Why am I so high? Like, I yeah. don't understand it. Yeah. All right. So somebody I've been high on uh, a lot is mm-hmm. Kenny Stills. So now I, like, this is another one. I don't know if you're going to yell at me is too high or too low. I have a feeling you're going to say he's too low. Right? Yeah. Yeah. He's too low. Yeah. I know that you love Stills and I'm right there. Okay, with so you. Here's why. You about a lot. Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. I actually have a counter argument to this. Okay. Somebody, well, somebody you used to work with convinced me otherwise. So uh, now you're going to – actually, you know what? I'll set you up because – Give some Patriots love. Is that what it is? You no, no, no. So I'm going to do former coworker versus former coworker uh, <laughs> up there in Canada. So I was talking oh. to Garyan. and okay. yeah. yeah, so Garyan, as a Dolphins fan, he, yes, he is. And he said there's zero value to be had with the wide receivers at this point, not because there isn't zero value that will happen – it's because they're basically running a committee at wide receiver now. Like they want Jakeem Green out there. They want Albert Wilson out there. They, you know, it's like he's at, yeah, at one point last week, which he's right. Devontae Parker and Kenny Stills were standing on the sideline. Like there's just no way to figure out what they're doing at this point. Yeah, and and I'm I I do agree with with Garyan's point. I just um I just feel like New England should be able to now. We we skipped over Brady, but realistically, back home and coming off two losses, I know he struggled against Miami. He's been much better at home against Miami. I feel like he's going to be able to put up a couple scores. And again, with just this secondary, it doesn't look good at all. Eric Rowe, whoever it is back there, have just there's been some huge, huge plays. And Miami tweets out yesterday, just as a friendly reminder that Stills is 14 touchdowns of over 20 yards since 2016 is the most in the NFL. I'm just seeing a lot of big plays in this secondary and some opportunities. And yeah, Grant's going to be involved. He's going to run a couple plays. He had two targets last week. Cam Dole, three targets last week. Albert Wilson, two targets last week. I don't care about those guys. I care about the big play in stills. I think he's going to get his. He already has three touchdowns. I feel like for you, you like him. Don't let Gary talk you into putting him <laughs> down your rankings a little bit, man. He, he, he should be. logic. He, <laughs> he's, he's a, I, where you have him is a sure wide receiver three, uh, but ahead of guys like Aguilar, again, um, Watkins, John Brown, Demarius, even Galladay. Like, Galladay's no, no, getting no, no. a lot okay, of looks. First of all, John Brown's for start. No, he's forever in my heart. <laughs> forever. I know. Brown's been great, and it took people a long time to come around on him, too. Like, he was hanging around. No, you say that like they still they actually have come around. They still have, like, I just wrote up in the waiver column this week, I'm done telling you. Like, actually, no, that was last week. Like, I, I don't know what to – I told you in the preseason to pick him up. I told you after yeah. week one. I told you after week two. I thought, I'm done. If you don't want to pick the dude up, there's something wrong with you. But – I can't help you at this point. Yeah, and right. what's interesting quickly is that he's getting more looks in the red zone from Flacco than a, than a red zone beast in Crabtree that we've known for the past couple of years. All right, so quick fire, since yeah. we're basically out of time. Mm-hmm. T.Y. Hilton, quick reason, one sentence. Luck can't throw the ball down the field. Like, Oh, so he, too high. Yeah, just I want nothing to do with him. Or the uh, I actually kind of like the matchup. Nah, I don't. I don't love it. I don't care. Like the matchup was fine last week against Philly. Like I said, they've given up huge plays over the top to everybody over the past two years. Everyone, their run defense has been solid. The secondary people forget the secondary is not good. And Ty just 
he didn't look good last week. There was a couple plays where he should have caught the ball. Um, I don't know what it is. Him and Luck don't look good. Is the A dot is completely one hundred percent down big time from. Right, now you're in paragraph area. Yeah, I'm done. That's it. I can't say anything <laughs> else about him. I just don't want him. Marvin Jones, too high, too low. Yeah, the more I think about Jones, is actually kind of fine. Um, I I still do rank him ahead of Galladay, even though Galladay's getting more looks and and he looks phenomenal. More snaps, um, more snaps, yeah, more snaps. All right, too. so here's the. I'll tell you, maybe I can convince you on this Just one. The work in the red zone, I like from Jones. Uh, no, this comes down to the Cowboys and the Cowboys dragging ass and slowing oh, down the game and running the least plays in the NFL and doing the same for their opponents. And that's like I go back to the yeah. Giants game. Actually, if you look at the receivers that have faced them this year in general, they're they're sl- It's not that their talent is that great on deep. Actually, their front seven is much better. Than it has been. Their secondary is not that great. It's just they're slowing everybody down. That even Odell Beckham didn't have a very big day against them, just because it's there's not a lot of snaps for the opposing the opposing team. Yeah, you're right. If there's one sure bet you want every single week, take Dal- take the under in the Dallas games. It's hit Ooh, every single call. time, and it's it's yeah slow pace. I agree. All right, last one. Tight end Trey Burton. So two Trey Burton. Ball. Um, just a little too low. I just have him over Njoku and uh, Rudolph, and maybe even I just maybe. loved what I saw with Njoku and Mayfield. Oh, and, yeah, and maybe I'm getting sucked. I'm getting no. sucked in as a yeah, Baker. Yeah, we guy. all are, buddy. We <laughs> all are, man. It, I agree. Right off the get go, it's like, oh, Njoku, Njoku is like really nice to see, and people already cut their ties with him. He's actually available in some leagues, believe it or not. But uh, I like this matchup against Tampa Bay. Um, you know, they just, they've allowed already a league high 25 catches and 329 yards to tight end so far. So I know part of that is because there's been so many great wideouts against Tampa early on in the year and the ball has been thrown in the middle of the field. Um, but I think this is a good spot for Trey Burton. I will say one thing when Mayfield came in, do you know what Jarvis Landry's line was with Baker Mayfield at quarterback? No. Nine targets, seven catches and 91 yards. I knew it was something uh, ridiculous like that because he had 15 targets in the game, but and him and T and uh, Tarod didn't connect oh, at stop all. This nonsense. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> of, did you see who? There's the basketball player. Um, yeah. uh, was it for the Raptors? Right. What changes? What his name? Yeah. Was, uh, oh, it was Kyle Lowry. It's not Kyle. Now he's what? trying to say his first name's Kyle. <laughs> stop. I'm in Toronto and I didn't even hear that. It's uh, Kyle Lowry. I like will be called he, he's, Kyle. It was an interview. He's saying it's one syllable. And yeah. he's like, it's just so much easier. It's Kyle. It's Kyle Lowry. He's he's ticked off. He's not in the right place. Right <laughs> That's I'm ticked off, so I'm changing my name. <laughs> he's not in the right place right now. He's trying to mess with the media in Toronto. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not buying in that his boys are calling him Kyle. All right. Chris Mean and Jake <laughs> Seal. <laughs> like, I mean, like, no, seriously. Everybody stop changing your damn name. Like, if you want to spell it differently, like that dude from the Texans. Have you seen that one, Vincent? Yeah. <laughs> like, what the hell, dude? V-Y-N-C-I-N-T. If you guys need to go find out who this is. It's their third wide receiver with Ellington out and Kiki Cutie banged up, which, yes, you look at his last. Ah, forget it. Whatever. We're going to go down this rabbit hole of people telling us how their names are pronounced, and I'm just going to get annoyed. Adding a, a second and a third. I believe I saw Kamar Aiken on the field against the Bucks in week two. Um, and you, mar- you mean Kamar Aiken or Aiken? Kamar Aiken, like the fourth oh, or yeah, something. Like, like, what? When did this happen? <laughs> like the damn actor from Sharknado, like, or Sharknado, or whatever you pre- however you pronounce that. Oh, yeah. it's, it's Ian. You're not Ian. Now, who says Ian? <laughs> I know. Ian. Uh, silly kids. Uh, silly kids. Tricks are for them.
<clears throat> Check uh, out for them. Yeah. Tell uh now now we can do it. So Chris, tell everybody where they can follow you, where they can find your work, all these type of good things. Um, I know you have announcement coming on uh, beginning of October that we're going to get excited for. Uh, so everything, and then yeah, this is going to be a regular segment, everybody. By the way, the the big fat meanie for us. So tell everybody. I love it. Yes, thanks for having me on, buddy. Looking forward to uh, working with you. And yeah, big announcement coming in October. Really looking forward to that. But for in the meantime. Uh, for those like DFS, I know Jake's a part of the the ultimate DFS pass over with the fantasy footballers, but I'm writing constantly with them some some cash game picks and some GPPs, and the, there's a podcast you can listen to and subscribe, and just chipping away at fan tracks right now, um, the weekly rankings, having some fun over there with just you know some touches and targets articles and some picks and and whatnot, and leading their hockey guide because I know you got at least one or two hockey listeners on this pod today, guaranteed. Uh, maybe maybe one or two and speaking of the footballers yes i'll be back tuesday with jason moore by the way he is going to be joining me next week but until then as always uh yes i I keep saying it i'm at some point i might just have to sing it myself once again but i'm still waiting victoria victoria justice we got to do a duet of (laughs) ducktales on this show i'm still waiting everybody out there tweet her and let her know i'm waiting for it to happen until tuesday have a good weekend good luck in week four there you go. Nice, man. Time just flies with you. Eh? We haven't talked football since it started, really. I know. So We're like 40 minutes in and like, like nothing. <laughs> By the way, the NBA is a flipping genius because I might actually buy this. Did you see this, the, that you can buy the fourth quarter? No. What's, what do you mean? League pass. You can buy the fourth quarter. So you just watch fourth quarters? Yes. Wow. <laughs> There's so many average NBA fans out there that only want to watch the fourth quarter. Yes. So you can, you, it'll be $199 if you want to just buy the fourth quarter for a specific game. <laughs> or uh, I think it's like some type of package where you can buy all the fourth quarters or something like But I mean, the NBA is just like genius like how did i not hear about this that is genius that's awesome and so many people they don't want to waste like even going to games i've been to games with people in toronto and they're like oh it's hurry i'm get to the fourth when it's tied and it's like crunch time i'm like like people joke about the last couple minutes being like a full quarter basically because it takes forever but wow that's awesome yeah that. they're still talking micro payments too like 50 cents for the last two minutes and like you can actually, like they'll actually have clickable links through Twitter and Facebook and stuff like that. Wow. This is yeah. So cool. Good on them. I mean, this is yeah. The the NBA is Well, so they gotta quiet. do something because there's only one team in the NBA, right? Pretty much. Pretty much. Let's be honest. Like I mean I mean on. LeBron just took himself out of the equation. Yeah, I mean he went to the West and like now he's gotta play against He them. went to the West for a team that's arguably worse than what he was i know and everyone thinks they're gonna get all those big guys like Kawhi, and like nobody wants to go there paul george didn't want to go there butler apparently doesn't want to go yeah. there and the fact that the marcus cousins want... is already starting to practice that's what that's i mean just... like it's so stupid like the nba stepped in and and hacks acts that trade uh years ago the chris, paul chris paul trade. yeah chris paul like he couldn't play with kobe at the time but yet the best team that some people have ever seen arguably ever it can only be compared to one team, the Bulls. Like they get cousins. Like it's stupid. It's yeah, that's, I, that's why they're doing this. Like by quarters. Like who could, wants to pay for a package? Like I couldn't agree with you anymore. I mean, the only threat that they really have is Houston, and 
Yeah. I mean, it's not like what you're talking about adding DeMarcus Cousins off of injury or Carmelo Anthony. That's pretty much at this point of his career, the same thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's, it's too bad, man. When I saw that, I was, I was just bummed as a fan of the league. Like just, it's, it's not fun. Yeah. Not at all. Well, thanks again. Good, sir. Yeah. No problem, man. Let's, you'll, let's... you'll definitely have to listen and I'll, uh, I'll give you around the range of when, when the minutes start. So, you know, and you can hear the intro that I'm putting together for this. Okay. Sweet. Yeah. I'll give it a listen. Uh, and let's hook up in a couple weeks to jump online or whatever. Yeah, for sure. Okay, man. Have a good one. You too.